Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. But Romantic Warrior, he's well clear in the Hong Kong Cup. He's three lengths over Money Catcher, Denon the Kid. He is the perfect racehorse, Romantic Warrior. And he's now a Hong Kong Cup winner. Romantic Warrior by five for James McDonald. Bella Nipatina takes the lead. Kicks clear, two lengths, Rothfire. And best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipatina and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Bella Nipatina four lengths. And Zaki joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki. Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck. But it's Animo clear. Hey punters and welcome to another Racing Previews podcast. Obviously this week is a very exciting week. We've got the return of Group 1 Racing, obviously Sandown, and then we've got Randwick as well. Some of the Wait for Age stars are making their returns. Speaking of stars though, we've got a very special guest on tonight. His name is Mick Sharkey. Shark, how are you mate? Hello Ben. Uh, good, to, good to meet you virtually. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I hadn't heard of this podcast until uh, your co-host Nick sexually assaulted me uh, in the nicest possible way in a bar in the Gold Coast late at night and sort of convinced me to come on air. Uh, let's be honest, I think you can agree, Nick. I'd had a few in me at that point of the time, so you could have asked me to do anything and I would have said yes. So no, I'm glad it was just a podcast that you, you invited me on and not some other kind of um, digital content that you probably record in your spare time. <laughs> Oh, well, you and I had both had a few. That was uh, hence the reason I had enough liquid courage in me to come up to you. Obviously, I'd listened to, to you on the on the Airway Shark on a Monday and a Friday with uh, with Blue Eyes on RSN, and I'd had quite a few at that point, and I said, you know, stuff it. I'm going to go up the Shark and going to, you know, spit, a, spit an image for him to come on the podcast, and sure enough, he said, yep, done, and... And here we are. I thought we were going to left a little high and dry. Obviously, Shark's a, a big Leviathan, a Leviathan in the industry we uh, we all love. And uh, I was a little afraid that we weren't going to get a message back, but he's a man of his word. And sure enough, we uh, I heard from him during the week and he said, do you still want me to come on that all preview on your podcast? And uh, and here we are. So it should be a bit of fun. Indeed. Absolutely. Bot Alfred, assume you're well. Yeah, I'm good. Good, thank you. Yep. Just, back, just backing good. winners are packing them. Oh, yeah, I copped unders. I'm not happy. Anyway, doesn't uh, matter. All right, 
We've got to admit, this is take number two, and Sharky was just getting into a brilliant story on take one. So you've got to get back into it. I've got no idea where it was going, but take it away again. Right, so as I was saying, I've got this, I'm a bit, I'm a bit weird. So when I meet new people, I've got this book, and it's essentially it's a baby name book written by a hippie in Noosa. And you blokes don't have, you're too young for you guys to be thinking about babies at this point, I hope, in your life. But when you get to that point in your life, you start to stress a bit and, oh, you don't want to call your kid something that means terrorist in another language or something like that. So um, we bought this book off this bloke and it's called Why Shouldn't I Call My Son Clint? Now, his reason for that I can't can't, uh, read out on air regardless (laughs) to say it's a very good reason why you shouldn't um but it's based on when he lived in share houses and everyone that would come through the door he would guess their name like say tell me your name before you come in and then he'd tell them what sort of person they are so i've looked up your names boys i just wanted to share with you you just tell me if i'm on the right track right you boys know each other better than i know you so i'll just read out the name the description that he's given and you you boys tell me if i'm on on track right Here's Nick or Nicholas. A pale-skinned man with the demeanor of a cockroach. People, people befriend him because they feel bad that he doesn't have any other friends until they realize why he hasn't got any other friends. But as a gifted shit-stirrer who gets off on testing others, he's highly intelligent and you can't begrudge him that. That's Am what I'm on the mark. These are You're way better than nice, actually. actually. <laughs> Let's go to Will because he's very specific in here. This bloke, he's, he's got all sorts of variations. So, I don't know if this bloke on the podcast next. He's yeah, you have to get him on. Yeah, Will. Will is almost too nice for his own good. He rushes to the aid of all and everyone, and he probably should have been an ambulance driver. <laughs> it's a big thing for numbers and statistics. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? That's no way. <laughs> what I know. No way. All right, I'm ready then, to get one. Here's Ben. Hang on. Let's oh. get Ben. Ben. Ben is deep in a shallow kind of way. Ben inhabits the role of a loner more than you might think. He may not be the life of the party, although he's not always predictable either. And he'll definitely suffer at the hands of an interrogator for longer than most if he's ever captured. <laughs> they are pretty good. What's yeah, yours? Good. I want, I want let, let the listeners know what yours is. Well, he's got, he's got Sharky in here, right? Sharky says... The funny rascal who in heaven would piss himself with laughter if his death was ever recorded in the Darwin Awards. <laughs> well, that's spot on too. Well, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's the best form guide you've ever seen. You, yeah. you, could, you, you can pull up anyone you want and the name is, it's spot on. That's, that's four from four. four, they, from need four. To, they need to write one of those for bloodlines. If only we can go four for four on the punt with our best this weekend, boys. <laughs> oh, let's do it. The podcast multi. All right, Sharky, we've got to backtrack a little here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you've been on everything. You've been on RSN, you've been on TVN, you've been on racing.com, the airways, the radio waves. Where did it all start and how did it all start? Uh, it started, I was actually reminiscing on this during the week because uh, an old colleague of mine, Tony Burke, the king, he passed away earlier in this week, a great old racing journo. So I started working at the age... I reckon 17 years ago. Um, I never studied journalism. I had no real interest in it. I was actually, I finished an environmental science degree. I'd done my honours year. I got offered a PhD at Sydney University and I was thinking about going and doing that. 
And a mate at the time called up and said, I've got to take two weeks holiday. Uh, he was working at the age. He said, can you come in? All you got to do is just punch numbers into a form guide and write in who's riding the horses. So I know it seems weird, but 17 years ago, we literally got a printout of the acceptors with the jockeys on it. And you had to punch those di- uh, manually into the template that became the form guide. Now it's all digital download. That was only 17 years ago. We were doing it like that. Um, yeah, two weeks halfway through, one of them said, can, can you write an article? I went, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. Wrote an article about um, Brendan McCool, the Tasmanian jockey. He oh, can't yeah. remember what he did. He rode his 100th winner for the season or something. But yeah, wrote an article. They said, oh, that's pretty good. Can you write another one? Yep. And then at the end of two weeks, I said, you want a job? And I went, yeah, yeah, okay. So the PhD <laughs> went out the door. Uh, I started at the age, started you know, just doing my best, writing yarns and doing a lot of manual work for the other boys who were very experienced journos. Um, but yeah, one thing led to another. I can talk a good game, so started doing some radio, started doing some telly, started uh, learning about buying and selling horses, I guess, which is where my career's gone now. Um, learned a lot from Peter Moody and Brad Spicer and those sorts of guys. Uh, yeah, and kind of cycled out of the media game a, a bit, I guess, in the last five years and more into the bloodstock world. And now I'm general manager of Leneva Park, which is a mainly a pre-training centre. Probably have about 80, 90 horses in work every day. Uh, but we also stand a couple of stallions, Fierce Impact and Royal Meeting. And we've got sort of up to 110 sort of horses, broodmares and foals on a, on a breeding property. So... Yeah, that's the elevator pitch, lads, of how to ruin your life and out of um, countless thousands of dollars when I probably should have gone into academia. I might have retired by now. I'm turning 40 this year. And uh, yeah, some of the guys I went to school with uh, or went to uni with, they're saving the world and making big fat wads of cash doing it. This route sounds like a bit more fun to me. Yeah, look, Absolutely. To be fair, it's been a lot of fun and there's a lot of... Uh, racing is a, a great game. There's a lot of good people in it. There's a lot of people that want to use use you and abuse you. Um, but you soon work out who's good and who's not. And ultimately, you, if you find the right people and you follow the rules, you'll have a good time and you can make a really nice living doing it. Beautiful. There's still hope for us, boys. <laughs> still hope. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the races. We're obviously... Racing at Sandown for our main metro meeting in Victoria this week. The rail is out 10 metres. I thought that was quite interesting. It was out three for the last meeting, so it'll be interesting to see if there's any pattern there. We know the hillside usually plays quite fair. Sharky, with any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I looked at that rail placement as well. You know, look, they've got a busy schedule, don't they, at Sandown for the next you know, month or so, so they're protecting that, that inside ground. Uh, the next meeting back there would be the Blue Diamond Day, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they're obviously yeah. looking after that inside 10. It's a big, wide, spacious track. I don't think we'll see... We shouldn't see any patterns, really, should we? We've had steady weather the whole time. It's not like they've had to put extra water on and we're going to get rain or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll play pretty fair. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, beautiful weather in Melbourne town. Probably a good four. Might get to a good three. All right, let's rip into race one. It's a 2,400-metre 78. So unusual is flying. 380 favourite from Fantasizing 750. Platform $8.00. Mahindi Tower eight fifty and Princeton Award eight fifty. What do we think? I thought this was pretty tricky. I don't have too many opinions. We'll let Shark go to start with here. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, well, I've got a runner in the race, so my judgment's sort of clouded to a degree. Um, I've got a horse called Angel right down the bottom. I've got a share in this horse. I've bought him out here for uh, the Hayes team, Lindsay Park team. He's got a lot of ability. He's got an elite heart-lung score on all the, the testing that you know Kieran Maher and Lindsay Park and all those crew use. Uh, probably is a horse that needs to get out and bowl along in front, and he just hasn't been able to do that at his last three starts. So his form probably looks a bit flat on paper, but he's capable of better. And I know JD thinks he's got a really nice race in him uh, out here in Australia. So it, I'm not saying it will happen on Saturday, but I think he's better than his price. But there's a couple of these imports in the race, isn't there, that probably are a similar type of horse, like fantasizing. Cliffy Brown, we are just saying off air, he's finding some form and going well. Uh, it won really nicely last time. Uh, there's a horse in here called Glentanius. Mm. Had three starts over shorter trips. I think it's ready for the step up in distance now. It's got ability. Uh, the Freedmen sort of race them into form, don't they, these sort of stayers? And he gets a nice weight drop, so... They, without having a real strong opinion in the race, they're three that I was looking at, thinking, "Yeah, I could, I could play play you to some degree in this race." Yeah, yeah, I agree. I um, this race is tricky. I probably won't be baiting. Um, I don't like fantasizing because I backed it in a maiden and it got <laughs> beat, and then it went to a benchmark seventy and and won by like two and a half lengths. Yeah, and I didn't back it there, so <laughs> completely stitched up. <laughs> Pulling its tail. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, I think it's a decent chance. Yeah, I'm not sure what price it is now, but I've got it about $10. Uh, Glentanius has got some uh, some pretty good overseas figures but um, and has and been uh, trending towards uh, somewhere near there but um, and it was unsuited in a slow there on race at Mooney Valley last start. But um, yeah, not really a race I really wanted to be betting in, to be honest. Yeah, Nico, do you make that a line of four? Yeah, I don't sort of have uh, a firm opinion in this race. We'll, uh, I'll just sit back and might have a couple of dollars each way and cheer home from the shark, I reckon. Mm. Good Sounds plan. good. All mm. right, let's go to race two. It is the Autumn Stakes. It is the, for the three-year-olds, and it's over 1,400 metres. We know this is always a, a decent lead-up to the uh, to the Australian guineas, I should say. Amenimal is $4, Pericles $4.20, Calico Jack 4.40, the Fortune Teller 5.50, they pretty much clear out from the rest. J- uh, Japanese Emperor, I should say, is twelve dollars, and out to Mister Maestro on return fifteens along with the rest. They've really circled four horses here. What are our thoughts? Yeah, I've circled two. Um, I really like two horses in this race. The first is Calico Jack. He's three from four when put on speed, and, and he went to a new level last last start in, in really fast time with big margins throughout the field. He's, hard, he's a hard fit horse compared to these horses that are resuming with probably better form on paper. But um, but yeah, if he's on speed and on a fast track and running fast time, he'd be pretty hard to beat from the front. Um, I think he's really suited at 1,400 metres versus the resuming horses. And and yeah, I think he might be able to steal this and, and if he holds anywhere near his last start rating. And Ethan Brown, the last four months, is uh, 33 from 131 going at a 28 profit on turnover and the other horse I was interested in was Pericles um, yeah this horse is really interesting it's a I don't can't remember which horses it's a half to but it's re- like very well related to some group one horses um, but yeah to crunch like the horse 
um, to crunch him on um, in the Amy Vars um, from six dollars into three dollars on Cox Plate day with that much liquidity um, on, on such a big race there, going from fourteen hundred meters to two thousand meters set up. Like the only like real reason is because this horse is proper and it, like the stable's got a real opinion of it. Um, obviously, there's a query first up, but Godolphin first up for the last year go at a five point two percent profit on turnover at 51 from the 281 so that's how we play in the race beautiful uh yeah I, I agree pretty much entirely i thought calico jack would be hard to beat i'm spewing because my mate got 30 to 1 i believe in the all-in market um, when some of the other good horses like elliptical and attrition were still in the all-in market so he's snagged the overs there he's got seven dollars fifty the place i wish i had taken some of it um but yeah just mm. looking at this race Exactly. I don't really have to touch on anything more than what you said, but he's the fit one. He's going to be up on speed. Ethan Brown's absolutely flying, and he's only gone from strength to strength in his last couple starts. He was out fast, home fast, his last start, and if he's ever going to win a race of this nature, then this is a chance against a a few horses that are returning. What do you think, Shark? Yeah, you make some good points. I think Calico Jack, mega, mega fit going into this where you know sometimes with these autumn races it's a bit different with the spring because they come off a longer break you know usually they, they're having sort of eight weeks out coming into the autumn they're, they're probably only getting three to four weeks Not max mm-hmm. so a few of these horses will be cover, uh, carrying some really good residual fitness mm-hmm. and i guess a race like this it's it's not a grand final so where are they going to mr maestro's going to a derby in sydney virtual circle interesting reading about him that they want to go to the guineas uh, with this horse mm. so you would think if they're going second up into a guineas or third up into a guineas that he'll be pretty fit for 1400 because he doesn't have that 12 14 16 progression and he's probably not a 1200 meter horse but i could see him being effective at this sort of trip fortune teller's an interesting horse but they went really deep into that last prep uh kiramar's a freak he's a really lively horse with the right form lines around him and i reckon He's one that'll stay at 14 to a mile this time around. Uh, Pericles, yeah, you're right, Will. He's got a huge pedigree. He's a, he's a half to helmet, half to epaulette, mm. half to pearls, yeah. half to bull bars. So yeah. it's a serious page. And um, bull bars is the dad of Mr. Brightside, who's racing later. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's he's got the page behind him. He's got a lot of stamina. He won't be doing any breeding of his own because they, uh, they whipped his knackers yeah. off very early in his career, unfortunately <laughs> for him. Uh, but he, he's a good horse, and James Cummings said that all last prep that he, they thought he was a pretty serious animal. Uh, to, to me, uh, for me, the way I'm thinking about him is that he's going to want a middle distance. Amenable's probably mm. too sharp for 2,000, so another one that'll probably be here to do business straight away. Glint of Silver, I don't think, is good enough. Arzino wants, probably wants a bit of ground. Japanese Emperor, I don't know. On that debut win, he could have been anything, and then he goes in the Guineas Pro and he went like a bustard. So, it was again, wet probably, then, though. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. So, look, it's a, another race I'll be watching. You, I, I think you're dead right. Calico Jack's a fit, informed horse, super hard to beat. I'd be looking for really good runs from Virtual Circle on the Fortune Teller. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of a bit with Shark there. I'm sort of just sitting on the fence. I'm kicking myself a little bit because I didn't take uh, $11 Pericles all in Monday. And I, I knew, Benny, you and I had had the discussion that... <clears throat> Those top two in the market are likely not going to start attrition and um, elliptical. elliptical. So uh, it's a little bit of a 
a little bit of a dampener for me from there. But yeah, I, I just sort of just want to watch. I've got good opinions of Mr. Maestro and Art Zeno. Once they get out and trip, I think Art Zeno could definitely win a derby somewhere. I think he's got he's got uh, a lot of stamina and a lot of class. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't really have a firm opinion. Like Calico Jack probably deserves to be favourite. I thought he's a fit horse against the resuming ones, but I'm happy just to to watch this race and see where a few of these horses go in the future. Sometimes you make more money out of watching and staying out of these races, like long term, mm. you do in betting in them. Like you find one, mm. you talk yourself into one. Sometimes you're better just sitting on your hands, looking for the right runs, and then trying to work out because they all can't run against each other week to week. Some will, yeah. but some won't. So if you can work out which direction they're going, geez, you can make some cash if you land them in the right race. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Patience. Mm. <clears throat> All right, race three, it is the Blue Diamond Prelude for the Colts and Geldings. We see a very intriguing clash at the top of the table here. Number one, Barber for Godolphins, $3.20. Brave Halo, the unbeaten WA Colt, uh, he is $3.50 from Gangatano. Really good run on debut, seven fifty. Amigo eight fifty, and Little Bros nine dollars. Look, I thought, I thought this one's really hard because Brave Halo is so hard to line up. How good his form is over in WA. Obviously, the replays are really sexy. You don't really know what he's been beating. Um, they think he's proper over there. I'm still not a hundred percent sure. The favourite's Barber, and he's done absolutely nothing wrong on debut. He had probably the right run and he won well, but at his second start, things didn't go right. Um, really fast tempo, and he launched from well back, and it was a really, really nice win. He goes the Melbourne way for the first time, so I probably don't see too much of an issue with that, but yeah, I I can't really split a couple of these at the top. I'm just, I think I'm gonna stay out. Shark? I really wanna see Barber and see what he can do here. Uh, I know Again, the stable think he's a bit of a weapon. I thought the golden gift win was huge. He probably wasn't entitled to win that race. Uh, Summer Loving was third there. She's run third in the Magics. The form line says it's good enough. Uh, but let's see what he can do here. First time Melbourne way. I don't think it's the strongest Colts and Geldings mm. prelude I've ever seen. Like, I'm just going to take a little bit of a sit with Brave Halo. He looks very quick. I don't know what depth they've got over there to their two-year-olds. Sometimes those 1,000-meter, 1,100-meter horses, they, they look awesome, you know, at that sort of trip, and they go up in class with pressure and they fall apart a bit. Uh, mm. Some people call me as a really interesting horse. I thought he was great at Mooney Valley. He didn't look like he handled that track, and there was really good money for him too. I think he's probably a faster version of Count the Headlights that Kieran and mm. David had in this series last year. And the blinkers go on him. Ganchitano's got ability. I don't think there's a super standout. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Barber because if, I think if Barber wins this, he'll nearly be favourite for the diamond on the strength of what his trainer's been saying about him. If he, if he stands up and shows it, I think you'll find he's the new diamond favourite. Yeah, I, um, I wanted to be with Ganjitano. Um, I, I, I don't mind. Obviously, I don't have the first two in the market. Um, I think they deserve to be where they are, but um, just Brave Halo is just sort of beating up on small fields and slowly run races. I don't know, I, I just didn't really want to be with it. And then Barber, I think the map's a bit sticky getting back in the field. I know it's Jamie, got get Jamie Carr on, but um, 
yeah, I just think it might get get back, and it might be pretty hard to to make up the ground. Um, the horse I'm with is Gangitano. It was restrained from a wide gate on debut at Caulfield. Um, like dead set gave up about five lengths, um, and yeah, like he almost reeled him in some some decent horses here, um, and ran the fastest, the second fastest last two hundred, the fastest last one hundred of the meeting. Uh, more nice trial and and more forward from the inside gate, I think. So I thought he was a decent bet. And the other horse I wanted to have something small on was Corniche, who was unsuited on debut with a good SB and then held up badly last start behind the Blue Diamond favourite currently, which is the instructor, and, and run the sixth fastest last 200 of the meeting. So I think he's more forward here with Shin on, and I think he can be um, thereabouts. I didn't think he was a bad price at about 20 to 1. Big price for Blue Jackets and Shin. my thunder? You're on Corniche? Yeah, that's who I'm backing. Um, look, I've backed Barber both starts, and I think he deserves to be favourite, but everything the Shark said, I just want to see him Melbourne way. When James Cummings talks about a horse like the way he has and said this thing is a weapon, normally he pays to listen, but like if he comes out and wins on Saturday full credit, and I'm more than happy to back him in the diamond, but I just want to see him go Melbourne way. Um, which I'm sure he's going to handle fine. But, yeah, I think Corniche is just a big price. Barrier one, Shinny's going to have a beautiful spot from where he is. He should get the gun run somewhere thereabouts. He was three wide on debut. and was only beaten three and a half lengths, and he was badly held up last start from the four to the two, then stormed home, only beaten 1.3 lengths, albeit the instructor was eased down, and we sort of don't know if he's going to progress past that 1,000-metre mark, but... Um, yeah, I think there's definitely claims to say Corniche should have finished probably closer. The step up to 1,100 suits. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to ha- have a little spec on him. Back to what Shark was saying before, with some people call me, I think this could be a size horse. Yeah. He's sort of got that, he might not be good enough for 1,200 metres, but that 1,400 metres could be uh, in an absolute sweet spot for him. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes but yeah he was someone that I'll if I could get any sort of information that, that he's going to a size and when there's a market I'm, I'm happy to have a bit Dude, he's going that way love it yep. yeah I could definitely come with the blue jackets there Barber and Corniche could be bets alright let's move on to the Phillies division now it's 1100 as well so we stay at the same distance we've got a quite a dominant favourite here number one Charm Stone has been really well supported today Mark Zara Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr Mick Price has been on the airways talking this horse up um, we know he's had some cracking two-year-olds and he says this filly is among some of the best he has trained. So it's a big statement there from number eight, Cigar Flicks, $7, Shadow Fear, $10, Dasonic Boom, a good winner on debut, $12. What do we think? Will, I know she might not have rated as good as you might want. I've heard the ratings aren't fantastic for Charmstone, but she does look a bit of a beast. The market's telling us she's pretty good. Yeah, the ratings are just sort of plain. Um, but she was an early two-year-old, and she that, that was when she was an early two-year-old. And you can easily sort of figure if those runs on horses can improve, um, like drastically in the, the two-year-old campaign. Um, I don't know. I didn't really want to bet here. Um, Cigar flick should have been a lot closer to to um, Charmstone, but just the map is uh, gross. I think uh, Charm uh, Cigar flicks are out of a, a, a full to uh, fangirl so I think she'll be a good three year old but um, but yeah I didn't really want to 
be involved in this race? No worries, Shark. I really, really like Charmstone. I think she's a really good filly. Uh, everything I like watching about a horse and how it moves and how it competes, she's got it. I thought I was a little bit disappointed on debut when she got rolled down the straight, but it's sometimes hard for those horses not trained at Flemington to go there and, and look competent in a straight line. The experience uh, served her well when she went to the Ottawa. She looked much more fluent. She's obviously an intelligent filly. She's a fast learner, and she was a month between runs, back to the scene of the crime. Big drifter on that occasion, but just one that she liked, and there are a couple of useful ones behind her in that race. Jump outs this time around, she's looked better again, just joining in with fast horses and going past them under a hold. I'm going to put my knackers on the line and make her the best of the day. I think this filly's race has some holes in it. I know we've got winning form coming from other places, but you know that Perth form, I'll risk it. Party for two coming from Queensland again, seven and a half length margins, I'm gonna risk that. The uh, Sonic Boom I liked on debut, but I reckon Charmstone's a cut above it. I think she's the best of the day. I will find out my fate nice and early, lads. I'll either be uh, on the step or on the count. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming with you. I think Charmstone is a very good bet, and I've had a decent bet already. Took a bit of $3. Um, look, on the ratings, she hasn't done anything brilliant just yet, but I've seen her twice in person now, and she is a bit of a beast. She really stood out in the yard on debut. Um, and then again, when I saw her at the second start, she looked unreal. And by all reports, her jump outs would suggest she's come back bigger, stronger. That's what the camp is saying. Mark Zara is already committed to the ride for the Blue Diamond, so that's another huge tick. Um, yeah, and you, you look at her debut, although she was beaten, and I thought she was a little disappointing, Zolfika has since beaten uh, VC last start so that form has actually ended up alright, she ended up winning her next start easily, a drifter out to $4.50 um, I don't think she'll be drifting this time I think $2.25, I think she'll be holding firm that sort of price Nico, thoughts? Yeah, you've pretty much said everything I was uh, I think she's a moral to be honest um, she's clear best of the day in Melbourne for me there's a big tip for her on debut if you remember she was fairly smacked in betting and what's what sharks would have said horses not being trained at flemington she was just very green i thought she did take that progression that i wanted to see to her next start where she was friendless in the betting and i was like well maybe she has lost a leg but i just i backed my judgment and the opinion and everything that i'd heard and i bet again and i was duly rewarded the form lines coming out of that as as is touched on benny has been good. Zolfika's no squib. He come out and beat VC, who a lot of people were uh, tipping as one of the better bets last week. Um, gets MZ here, which is good, um, even though she's probably you know grown and filled out and strengthened and stuff like that. Just a nice, aggressive rider on top of her. Um, will do her the world of good. MZ's wasting to 55 kilos. I wouldn't know the last time that he's gotten down to 55 kilos. Um, so that says enough in itself that this filly's proper. Her jump out was as sexy as you want to see. It was very, very, uh, very hot. Um, and yeah, prices made an outlandish statement. And uh, normally when he talks, it sort of pays to listen. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to go in with you, Shark. You and I on the line. I think she's very, very good. This filly, and I wouldn't be surprised if she comes out and smacks him and puts herself as one of the horses to beat in the diamond. If she's not already there. 
Huge. So we've seen the two diamond favourites, apparently. Barbara and Charm Stone races three and four. So note that <laughs> down. Punters, you heard it here first. All right, the Kevin Hayes Stakes is race five. It's 1,100 metres again. Very, very competitive race. Six dollars a field from She Dancers, who's unbeaten her last three. Deuce, she had a nice mid-race, uh, mid-prep jump out. Laced up heels as a WA visitor. She's lickety split. Queen of the ball, Clarity, Gennady, and Rich Fortune. But this is definitely one of your races. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, if you haven't noticed yet, the theme of the day for me is I want to be with horses that have are fit and up and going on a, especially when they're going to be up on top of the speed, running fast time from the front. Um, I think Deuce or Deuce, however you say, it, is hard fit fairly with genuine form, beaten a length by Jigsaw. Uh, Shimino and Rose Quartz, who Jigsaw won the Australia Stakes, Shimino won the Durbridge, and Rose Quartz was beaten, or should have won, the um, uh, that race at Flemington that Snapper won. I can't remember its name. Anyway, um, yeah, nice trial between runs, I thought, and goes cart right to Ethan Brown. Um, if she holds form, she's very, very hard to beat. The other horse I wanted to back was She Dances. Not so much anymore because the price has been taken a little bit. But I thought she was suited um, at Mooney Valley, but the, it was a big figure and, and she, she'll be forward here again. Um, she can catch the classier fillies out being a bit fit, uh, bit fitter than them and in a fast run, 1,100 metres. So I was happy to be with those two. But um, and the, the other horse I thought was a blowout was maybe Clarity, but... Um, mm. Yeah, I, I is a really nice feeling, eh? Yeah, she like, is. So, she... Sprinting, so you think you don't see too many of them. Yeah, I think she might even get a little bit further, but um, mm. I think she's a really nice filly, actually. Now Sweet. I'm disgusted. Mm. You boys don't know how to say Douce. Come on, Douce. surely you're rolling around <laughs> nightclubs uh, drinking a bit of Douce cognac, like particularly <laughs> after the win. That's right up there. I think it's Jay Z's favourite drink, the old <laughs> cognac. I've never had it. I'm gonna have to try it now. It's uh, the, so the part owner, Aussie Care, who of course, uh, or he owns it completely, but uh, Aussie uh, famously has a string of nightclubs in Melbourne, including Bond Bar. And uh, yeah, I'm tipping, I'm tipping Oz took the naming rights of this horse very early on. <laughs> this is the one, this is a late night tipple. <laughs> um, I am backing two horses here. The first of those is Douce. I'll make sure I pronounce it right this time around. Um, as you said, Will, she was right on the heels of some good horses last start, Jigsaw and the like, and honestly, she should have finished a lot closer. She was climbing over heels the whole Sandown straight. Um, her most recent jump out was really good. Her action looked superb. Lofty strike, he's a good colt. He ran second in that jump out, so that lines up pretty well. Um, I, I think the, the, the massive key thing is the jockey change from Cartwright to Brown. Brown's obviously riding really well. Draws barrier two will be on speed. Um, the other horse, I've, I do have a, a good opinion of this Western Australian visitor, Laced Up Heels. She, of course, um, beat Amelia's Jewel back home over 1,400 metres. And at the time, I thought it was a bit of a fluke. But looking back on it now, she actually does have really good form. I think 1,100 metres suits fresh. She will be spotting them a bit of a start. But I'm happy to back one up front and one... Uh, sort of back marker. I thought she dances just back to 1100 meters was a slight knock. I think she's lickety split will need further than this. And then I thought Queen of the Ball, Gennady are both both live hopes as well at around the $10, $12 mark. Yeah, Shark, Gennady's an interesting horse, eh? Like, yeah. 
she her debut win I, I sort of had a marked as a thousand guineas horse and then they went again which took her right deep into june which was a bit odd and then to my eyes she looked like she was just tired when they ran her in the capped on teves and she's much better than that so yeah interested to see how she comes back a lot of time for her rich fortune's a really good filly mm. uh barrier makes it tough for her but i know craig williams thinks she's group class uh she'll be better again getting to 1200 and probably 1400 as a, um, a spring mare but She's a serious horse. Do say I like on speed, as you said, will fit, you know, gets up there, cranks along. See the horse at stupid odds here. Uh, and I know they went on an Oaks path, but I don't reckon she stayed. And that was Jenny Jerome. I think Jenny Jerome might be a get back run on sprinter. Churchill was a very fast horse, although he was by Galileo. He was a super fast horse. Uh, and Tortoni is by Strategic, who was an out and out sprinter. So, you're copying $61 about a horse who not too long ago was hard in the market for a thousand guineas before the heavy uh, showers came that week. I don't know. Can any, anyone else see her running a bit of a race first up? Maybe not with, not, maybe not winning, but, you know, hitting the line and we all sit there and go, Jesus, how did that run a place at $15? Yeah, it, it's trial goal apparently and it's to half to Cherry Tortoni as well, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a pretty good race. I'm backing Doucet. Uh, another bet I didn't have at the start of the week that I regretted because she was $12 all in, but I sort of... Just, you never know. Like Barrier draws are just so important in these races and like, you back her and she draws a bad gate. She's back in the pack with them at fifteen, sixteen dollars and it's all it's all sort of hard for her, so I'm I'm not too uh, mad at myself that I didn't back her, but I'm gonna have a bet and I'm happy to back her. Um, another horse I'm gonna have a bet on is Wee Nessie. I think she's a big price. I think she's got a bit of talent, this girl. Obviously she won at Mornington at the shorts last preparation um, for it to get her second win and then she was really good at uh, Mooney Valley that day albeit wet track um, I think she may go a little bit better on a wet track but um, I think she's a big price here for a filly who's got a lot of talent um, yeah so I'm quite happy to have a little spec on her so I'm going to back to say and back Wee Nessie um, for the punters out there that don't consume as much information as the four of us do here she's lickety split uh, missed a little bit of work and uh, Andrew Forsman has said that she will need the run and she will improve um, from that and yeah I am pretty scared of laced up heels um, I don't know I've, I've initially thought that she was pretty blessed that day to beat Amelia's jewel but as Benny said when you touch on it um, her form does have some substance so it will be interesting to see how that Perth form lines up throughout the day but if you're going to back any one of the WA horses throughout the day, I think it would be laced up heels. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting race. Huge. All right, let's get into the quaddy. The Rubiton Stakes, 1,100 metres. Try and pick up the pace a little bit here. Five on Common James, $3.40 favourite. He makes his return, promising horse. Shana Lightning, $4.80. Generation, $8.00. Uh, Lofty Strike, $8.00. Marine, one nine dollars Triple Missile, 12s And longer the rest. Shark, I'll throw to you first. I feel like we're getting into the good horses now, so we need some good opinions here. Who are you with? 
Uh, I'm backing two horses in this race. I'm backing the best on-speed horse and the best closer. So I think the pace is good. Oxley Road will burn along on top of the ground. He could cause an upset too. Kemmel Passer, Semyon, Generation. Uncommon James is going to be right on their backs. He's going to lob sort of that four, fifth, six sort of spot. Uh, Damien Lane, critical, I reckon, with the barriers. He'll be looking to keep Chain of Lightning and Jamie Carr back inside him for as long as possible. Uh, Chain of Lightning, we know, has got a wicked little turn of foot on her, but so does Uncommon James. If he settles a pair ahead of her and the mare and Carr are back inside, I reckon he'll back himself to, to really get going at 300 and put a break on him. The only concern I have with uh, with uh, Uncommon James, he still carries his head a bit high. I'd love to see him. You watch him at Caulfield. He comes around the corner and he's half stargazing. I'd just like to see him lower this prep and get that head nice and low. That It seems like a pedantic thing, but that'll help take him up the classes a little bit more. Uh, Lofty Strike, I think, is incredibly backable at $8. Like, three-year-old in this field. He had... I know he didn't win during the spring, but he was wet tracks every start until the VRC Classic. Like, you're taking on the big dogs, and he's only got beaten a length. Uh, it was a super run. His jump out was really good behind Doucet. They're my two bets in this race. Yeah, I... Um, I you go first, Benny. All right, I'll go. I'm saying the race exactly the same. Uncommon mm. James from Lofty Strike. I took a bit of $10 for Lofty Strike in the all-in. I thought he'd shorten even more, but he hasn't really yet. I think he's a really exciting young colt, and he just needs dry ground. Um, he gets it here. He was only beaten a length in the champion sprint. I know, I know that was a bunch finish, and Nature Strip probably underperformed, but still, I think that was a great accolade, um, a great feather in his cap, and... Julius Sandu, I just feel like when some of these smaller stables get a good horse, they can really concentrate on it. They can really spend a lot of time with it, and I think that's what he's done with this horse. I'm hoping he's come back even better. Um, and then five uncommon James. Look, this horse won as dollar seventy-five favourite in a Regal Roller. He was once favourite for the Group One Rupert Clark after that performance. Um, unfortunately, he had a, a little setback, but I don't think that's any worrying. He had some minor filling. He was spelled. Um, but yeah, he's, he's yet to put a foot wrong, and I think he can be too good here. Shayna Lightning is a really good mare. I've definitely got no knocks on her, but she's been one that I haven't really been able to catch, um, even though she's been winning a lot. So I've, I've got no knocks on her, but I'm uncommon James from Lofty Strike. Yeah, like you said earlier, Shark, um, these horses uh, offer shorter break than they offer off in the spring, and it was well publicised that Lofty Strike had a setback going into the Blue Diamond. So he was off to about 250 days going into last prep. Um, and he was on two heavy tracks, and then he finally got to a good track in the um, in the champion sprint behind uh, Rock and Horse and Nature Strip. I think he's a really untapped horse. Um, he, was the wrong, he was on the wrong part of the track both times when he was at Flemington, and he ran the fastest six to the four of the meeting in the champion sprint. Um, yeah, and um, Craig Newitt and Julius Andrew co- uh, combo, seven from... 23 at 156.5 profit on turnover. So if you back those, you, you're not going too badly. But um, yeah, I definitely um, will be backing Lofty Strike. And the other horse I wanted to be on was Generation. Kieran Maher and David Eustace horses first up under 1,200 metres for the last six months. Got about a um, 5.3% profit on turnover. And Generation goes best fresh. And he gets Malum. Uh, Malum and Kieran Maher and David Eustace are 30 from the last 100 um, going a 46.3% profit on turnover. So 
yeah, I think his his best has him up to his years in this, and especially with his five dollar fifty SP in the William Reed behind September Run. I think, um, yeah, I think he's just a great bet at the price he is. I think they're both around ten dollars. I think you get on the day, and and yeah, I'm pretty keen to play both. The book was definitely right about the statistics and numbers. <laughs> Nico, <laughs> who are you backing? I'm having two bets in this race. I am backing Oxley Road. A big, big price. I think he should probably be half the quote he is. Um, listening to Mood's last preparation, he was absolutely flying. He just couldn't cop a good track, this horse. And if you forgive that, you know, you take it. I'm forgiving the, the new market run. Um, last time he saw a proper good track, he was only beaten two lengths by Marabi and away game. They're two proper, proper horses, and they'd be very short price favourites if they were in this race, I would think. Um, more importantly this is Blake's first ride back for Moods since the little scandal that happened so um, if you don't want to cheer for your bet at least cheer because they were flying when they were working together um, last time obviously they're both going super at the moment separately so hopefully they can knit back together and they can um, be a, a profitable combination for the punters out there um and the other horse I'm going to back is Uncommon James. Um, <clears throat> it was only a very minor setback um, that caused him to miss the Rupert Clark, and they sort of just did the right thing by the horse from all reports from the stable. Um, the only time we've seen this horse in Victoria, he absolutely smacked him, and everyone thought he was an absolute moral for the Rupert Clark. So um, I sort of can't quite figure out why he's this price. He's pretty fit, forward, ready to go. Um, they've said the stable that he will improve uh, with the run, but he is, he is quite at his peak to, to go good here. Chain of Lightning scares me, and so does Marine 1. I'm very interested to see how this horse comes back off a little long layoff. I don't know. Do you know what happened to Marine 1, Shark? Is he just having a rest, or did he have an injury? Or He's got a crook throat, so I think right. they might have... I'm not sure if they had a little tidy up there or not, but I know he's got some wind issues. So Okay. Um, well, if he's had that tie-back surgery, hopefully that's... Um, that's fixed it because he's a very good horse, I think, and yeah, uh, he's been one of mine ever since he was around. So he won this um, race yeah. last year. Yeah, very, very good race, and uh, looking forward to it. Mm. Super. All right, let's get on to the big one now. It is the Group One CF or Stakes, fourteen hundred meters weight for age. It is the first Group One of the new year of two thousand and twenty-three, and number ten, Jackano, the three-year-old, has been well supported into three dollars forty favorite. From the toppy, I'm Thunderstruck, $4, Tuvalu, $6, Gentleman Roy, $7, Nuggets, uh, $9.50, Mr. Brightside, $10. They're seen as the main chances. Uh, look, Gentleman Roy probably goes forward here. I think he leads from Tuvalu. You'll have Callsign, Mav, Truath, um, Jackano, Nugget won't be far away. I'm Thunderstruck, Barrier 9, that's probably going to force their hand. He probably has to go back, given he's only first up. He'll be back with Aegon. Uh, and Mr. Brightside, I'm not sure if they'll press forward or not. Barryton is just a little bit tricky. But I'll hand the case to you, Shark. What do we think? Uh, there's good speed here. Gentleman Roy, uh, horse like Callsign Mav, Tuvalu, I think Blinkers will ping him and want to be there. It's just a matter of whether they cross him or not. I could probably see Gentleman Roy being a bit more urgent for the lead. If Tuvalu finds himself on the rails, Blinkers, you might get pulling a bit here, I reckon. Uh, I just think Jack and O gets an, an all-time run. It just sets up so nicely for him. Uh, he, 
He's first up when he didn't win by a lot, and I think people expected him to blow him away, but he did carry a weight penalty in that race. Got held up, had to switch back inside horses. He was building revs really well through the line. I thought it was a good win. He'll improve from that. And remember, his only time he's been to 1,400, uh, he beat In Secret, who won a Group 1, Golden Mile, who won a Group 1, and She's Extreme, who won a Group 1, plus Fire Burn, Zoo Tiger, who's run first up to uh, Half Cabin. So... I reckon the form's right, and I reckon he's good enough. Before your time, boys, I used to just remember uh, three-year-olds would go around in this race for, for fun and either win it or run top three and be against super horses. And you think, how, how the hell can this horse run group one weight for age? But the time of year, I don't know what it is, but uh, three-year-olds seem to go really well here. And so do mares. I reckon Turath is, is the value here for the, for the place. She's fit in form, box seats, can quicken. Five for nine at 1,400. She ran fourth in the Futurity last year, which was probably a shade weaker. But I can see her running a really good race from the draw. And the other one that I reckon has been forgotten about is Western Empire. Yes. Like, he's had two goes at 1,200 this prep. He should be running over further. And now he steps up in distance. I know he's probably going to excel once he gets to a mile. But now he's, a, he's a big price for a horse of a lot of ability. Yeah, huge. I am yeah. with... I am backing uh, Western Empire. I've taken a, a big price. Crikey. Um, I stole your thunder. What did oh, you take? I think Will's on him as well. Nico's hard against us. Um, Righto. So what price did you take? We took oh, a bit of triple figures. To 100 to 1. 100 to 1. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you, can you, you can blame us for it. You can blame Yeah. Um, I took look, 100 to yeah. 1. That's up, outrageous. Yeah, first up down the straight, the race just didn't suit, but he still ran home in some good splits as Will will touch on in a second. Second up in the Australia Stakes, he missed the start hopelessly. Um, he's since been to the jump outs and he went like an absolute rocket. So I think you can forgive him here and have just a small bet on him. Um, my main play in the race, however, will be I'm Thunderstruck. Uh, Mick Price has made a conscious effort to make sure that this horse is a lot more forward than this time around last year because he, he came into the yard and he was... A little bit fat for the ore and the futurity and it took him a couple of runs to find his fitness but if his jump outs are anything to go by or his trials which he's won both of then he's in really good form look barrier nine so he will have to stand him a start but i think this race being at sandown rather than caulfield like it usually would be is a massive favor um i think i probably would have rather mark zara on rather than car just because he Zara probably rides the back, back markers a little bit better. He's got a bit more muscle, but I'm happy to be on him. I think $4.40 is a good price for him, and obviously I'm on at Western Empire at a, a good price as well. So those are two I'll be backing. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll go. Um, look, I, I defended Jackano after his first up effort, beating some crappy three-year-olds because he because he did run uh, 10 seconds flat between the four and the two, and, 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 and sprinting just off like, they went so slow there, and that just doesn't suit him. And, and you can't like you'd have to run a, a nine second forward or two um, to put a gap on those horses, which just isn't possible. Um, but then he's three forty here against some thunderstruck. So it's like I think the the market's sort of pushing too far against the obvious. I think so. Like he, like yes, he did run the the nice sectionals, but he still beat some crappy three year olds if that makes sense. But um. And he's been priced up like he's gonna gonna go to his golden golden rose rating and some. So um, 
yeah, I was just happy to be with Thunderstruck at, at the price. It's like 440, 450s out there. I just think that's ridiculous. Like Th- Thunderstruck was enormous off speed at an unsuitable Caulfield 1400 meters last prep first up. Um, and now he gets on a, obviously with the, Corf- uh, the Caulfield renovations to sand down a bigger track with the speed on. That's the biggest thing with, um, I know they're going to go fast and it's going to be hard to, to make up ground potentially, but um. Like he'd be, he'd be so he's so much better suited with speed on um, than than in a sit and sprint. So um, yeah, I think it's just an easy easy bet to have. I, I thought he's sort of sort of been um, closer to about three twenty than than four dollars forty. And the other bet, obviously, said it earlier was Western Empire did a hundred to one four eighty SP versus ten dollars. I'm thunderstruck in this race. I oh, know in the there's the, the last springs Memzi. He ran thirty three flat first up um, down the straight, which is like that's, that's as fast as he can go. Then he missed the start by four lengths in a high-pressure Australian stakes and worked too hard to get into a, a high-pressure high race. I just said that. But, um, yeah. he, he ran the fourth-fastest last thousand of the meeting uh, on a day where he didn't want to be want to be where he was in run. I think he's a dumb price. I think he, he's close to the best horse in the race on his day. And um, Yeah. I just want to know where the after party is. I'm going to Dave Chappelle Saturday night, but I'll be tagging on uh, on you, Will, for the after party. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be regretting this podcast. I tell you what, <laughs> I think it's just a dumb price. I thought he should have been closer to about fourteen to one instead of hundred to one. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good bet. I thought. Go, Nico. Tell me why I'm wrong. Nico, knock some sense into us. Well, he should be fucking closer to five hundred to one to start. <laughs> The horse has done nothing since he's come to Victoria. Well, Uncle Bob has completely fucking ruined this horse. This horse was a horse that I was backing for a Cox Plate when he was in WA. And I thought he was a massive chance to come over here and be an absolute superstar. And he's done nothing but be a dead set disappointment. (laughs) You can have your sexy SP profile, but he's done nothing to warrant anything with substance. He should be 500 to 1. I saw this horse in the flesh last start at Mooney Valley and it looked horrible. Like, dead set. They've turned this horse from a genuine equine star to a dead set bush camel. <laughs> bush camel. The, the bull's not far so, away, Nico. <laughs> he doesn't look as good as half the jumpers going around in the maiden hurdle. I'm serious. <laughs> They're reading out your year 12 report compared to year 7 report. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Anyway, full full credit to you, blokes. You've taken one hundred one dollars. He's going to start forty one dollars. He's probably going to run like fifth or sixth, and you're just going to go, "Why me again?" So, <laughs> anyway, you know what? Good luck to you. These are all on at the grass. I couldn't back it with stolen. As I said, he should be five hundred to one. All right, tell us who you are backing. I am backing the best horse in this race, which is I'm Thunderstruck. I am a little annoyed that he's drawn barrier nine and he can't posse a little more forward like they want to um, with this gate I wish Zara was on but I, I do think there's going to be good enough speed in this race they're not going to hand it to Tuvalu and Gentleman Roy's only chance in this race not that I don't think he's I don't think he's got one to start with but he's the, the way he runs his races is he goes at a solid clip try and breaks his opposition in behind so he's going to go at a solid clip Callside Mav's going to be there thereabouts um yeah, I think there's going to be enough speed here. So I'm happy to back on Thunderstruck. I hope he's just got the speed on and he's close enough. If he's within five at the top of the straight, he'll, he'll run over the top of him. But we're just going to need... It's going to be heart and mouth. Um, mm. 
But yeah, you're not gonna have yard in your mouth with Western Empire because he'll he'll be lucky to beat the fucking ambulance. Right? <laughs> uh, Churath would have been a dead set moral in any other 1400 meter race. I don't know why they're coming here. What's the race next week? Is it the not the Alms? Is it? Mm, there's a mare's race somewhere. Group two, 1400 meters mare's race next is week. Is that handicap though? What if she had to carry a bit of weight, or was it? I don't know. She would have just no. gone there and spanked him. She ran super first up. Fitness yeah, just did. gave out. She improves massively second up. 1400, yeah. She, she may run into a place here um, if there's a pace meltdown or whatnot, but yeah, I, I just think it's a bit poor placement. They should have just gone and won the group two next week if it was me, but she probably deserves a crack at a group one if she's going that group. But yeah, pretty keen on Thunderstruck. Scared Jackano. Um, he's a good horse. And was only getting to his top late on the line last start, as Bot said. Can't run any faster than what he did. Um, but I've just got a little question mark. He's got to do it against the big boys now. But there's uh, every chance that he can. So, yeah, crack and race. Bet nine Thunderstruck. I had a little saver on Jack and O. <clears throat> Western Empire be lucky to finish by Monday when Sharks on the verdict. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, let's move on to race eight. It is the Carlion Cup, 1,600 metres. Corner Pocket is our favourite. Draws one, $3.50 from Sunshine Rising, $4.80 pounding, $7 crossover in 10s, the $9.11 Mankane 13s. I'll quickly get my opinion out of the way here. I think there's no real reason to avoid the obvious here. I think this is Corner Pocket's race. I think he's going to be rock hard fit fifth up. I think this weight scale suits him a lot better to last start. He gets... He gets a fair weight swing on a horse like um, Pounding. I think he gave him six kilos last start, so I think there might be a five kilo turnaround. He gets a, a key jockey switch. He goes from Thomas Stockdale to Damien Oliver. He draws barrier one. Um, and yeah, he's just such an honest horse. Like Pounding got the absolute perfect run behind him last start, and he looked like he was going to put him away at the valley, but he just kept fighting. I think he's going to do that again. He'll bowl along up on speed. I'm a little bit, the only thing I'm a little bit worried about is we've got our mate's horse, Keats, for Gavin Bejgood down at, he's, I think he's $19. He could inject some real speed into it and possibly annoy Corner Pocket. I'm not sure who leads who. Um, yeah, he's, he's the only thing I'm a little bit worried about. Sunshine Rising was a good jump out, but I think I'm going to back Corner Pocket. Shark, you go next. I reckon... I reckon it's a, it's a bit like that sprint race. You've got the best on-speed horse, Corner Pocket. He's fit and going well. Ollie's on him. He'll be screaming at him that last you know, 150. He'll be really, really hard to run down. And he gets a little bit of weight relief with a senior jock going on here. I think it's a great scenario for him. But the best closer in the race is Sunshine Rising. Haven't seen the best of him out here yet. He was really, really strongly backed in that festival stakes back in November. Uh, it was a good run without sort of probably being what they expected. And then he got way too far back from 19 in the Ingham. I don't even know why they ran him in that race. It was just, <laughs> he was never going to do anything else but go back to last and run home like he did. I think they're the two for your quaddies. And you can probably stake, uh, what are they, like 350 and $4 or something at the moment? 350 480 yeah, you can play around with the staking plan, pick which one you like, bet accordingly, and you'll get a little learn out of this race. Huge. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I didn't know what to do with this race. I thought Corner Pocket was the obvious, but um, Sunshine Rising just scares the absolute shit out of me. So I'm 
don't know. Didn't want to bet here. Bit of honkers from Nico. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a small bet on Keats for the boys. Um, <laughs> for the punters out there listening, if you haven't had a vote and you want to back in, uh, you want a feel-good story, Keats is definitely it. So see All-Star if we can get Mar. the people's champ to the All-Star Mile. <laughs> vote Keats. Um, go Keats. But yeah, crack and race. Only I've corner pockets the best horse in this race, and I really wanted to back him, but the punters out there know my philosophy with Ollie on leaders or horses in that first four. They just don't seem to settle for him, and I'm I'm not prepared to take the risk um, in this race. So I'm sort of happy to happy to watch, cheer for Keats. Full credit if corner pocket wins. Sunshine rising, sunshine rising scares me, but yeah, they're probably at a price where you could, um, where you could make a all three a result, as Shark said. But uh, yeah, not a not a massive betting race for me. Keats is in play at the moment for the All Star Mile. He's ninth at the moment. Mm, yes, he's, he's got to keep going. It's only going to get harder <laughs> for old Keats. So sixteen days to go. Get him in. Mm. Get him he'll in. Be, we need, we he'll need be a bit all of speed. out on his. He'll be all out on his feet that last hundred. <laughs> You don't want to know about a blood PR. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get to the last. It's a BM84 over 1400 metres. Um, as they like, as some of these guys like to say, I think this is the New Orleans Stakes. Um, he had a shock, absolutely melted last start on a really hot day at Flemington. He's favourite. Mm. Savannah Cloud is up to 61.5 kilos. Sparkle is first up, um, try, uh, jumped out really well, but he's first up off a long break. Munimek's been up for ages. Low in one last up, but it was a much weaker race. And Daily Bugle, the back marker, draws barrier one. So I've got no idea what to do here, but I'll be interested to hear others' thoughts. Yeah, they um, uh, here to shock is a really keen going sort of horse. Um, Jamie Carr couldn't get to settle, Blake Shin couldn't get to settle, so they they put Ollie on it. <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But um, yeah, anyway. Um, I didn't really want to bet here. The uh, interesting horse to watch is uh, Sparkle, who's Japanese bred mare. She's got some pretty good form, I think. I, I read somewhere that she's got um, like the Arima Kinnan winner or something. She beat a maiden or, or something like that. I can't remember who it was, but um, yeah, I guess she's a horse to watch. Um, but I, I probably won't be betting here. I'm not interested. Sparkle for interest only. I think she's the one to watch for for interest's sake, but why do they mm. do this to us? Like, we're just, we're battling punters. We're trying to get a quaddy. Why, why, why the hell would you put this rat benchmark 84 on the back with a Japanese mare that none of us have ever seen before? Why would you make that the last leg of the quaddy? It's purely to torture us. To make us question our very existence and why we're doing this. Like, this is, honestly... You're gonna you'll be vomiting at some point of this race when you know Bingo Boy at a million to one bowls up to the lead and you think where's this thing come from? <laughs> it's this. just it's not nice. It's not nice. Yeah, I agree. That's no, not Shark. Clint Hutchison owns, I believe, a hundred percent of Munamek, or maybe He's got close more to... money than I thought he had. Yeah. <laughs> well, does he? This horse is eighth up and it's been up since August. Yeah, well, he got the win early, didn't he, with this horse? So he's obviously yeah. just said to um, to Nick Ryan, keep sending that bastard round. Like that. <laughs> so, um, that's obviously the mentality here for the Hutchbuster. Uh, and look, he's going okay, but I think he's probably closer to a paddock than anything else. Although he banked another 23 and a half for running second at the Valley two starts ago. So that'll probably keep him going for another eight starts for Hutch. 
This horse was first up on Memzi Stakes Day. Yeah. Yeah. He's been up forever. Completely nuts. I think Munamek is Egyptian for, let me go to bed, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hutch hasn't hasn't, uh, looked up the meaning, obviously. Well, ironically, if you've ever been out for a drink with Hutch... Uh, there's a, there's a point of the night where you say to him, "Let me go to bed, please." I went to, <laughs> I went to dinner with him at Warrnambool uh, one year with Maddie Campbell, Hutch, Richo. Can't remember who else was at the table. Might have just been the four of us. Anyway, a drinks order came before or just after the entree. And the, the waitress brings over a dozen bourbon and cokes or scotch and cokes, they were, and we went, "No, no, they're not here." And Hutch says, "Yeah, they are. Just here. <laughs> went, sorry." I'm having a beer. And he said, no, no, they're for me. <laughs> he, queued up, he queued up a dozen Scotch and Cokes and annihilated them um, while he ate, while he polished off his pizza and everything else. And then we went out. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's, he's, like, he's like a Scotch pelican. They don't even touch the guy. He just goes... Onk, onk, onk. <laughs> Well, oh, I've, heard, I've heard stories. I haven't been out with a great man yet. It'll happen one day. Oh, it's, yeah, look, your liver will not thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's only one way that evening goes. <laughs> All right, that is Sandown wrapped up. We've done it to death. Um, so we'll just we'll just quickly quick fire through a couple bets in Sydney. Um, I think it's raining there at the moment, but Randwick railed true to soft five. Yeah, for something different. <laughs> Soft five at the moment, that could potentially receive a downgrade. Um, look, I thought Don Corleone in the first race looks pretty much a mile now that um, King's Gambit is out. He might have been anyway. Um, he's produced one of the highest two-year-old figures of the season. Uh, really impressive win. He now steps up to 1,100 metres. He won on a soft five in that race, knuckled down really well, and finds James McDonald again for the Snowden camp. So... Look, he could he could regress a little bit like King's Gambit did, but King's Gambit had a was coming off a, a spell. This horse has been kept up in work, so yeah, I I think it'll be hard to beat. The price is gone now, so not really a betting proposition at a dollar sixty five, dollar seventy. But I think he should be winning. Anyone else? Um, <coughs> betting in Rose Hill, Sharp. Uh, yeah, yeah I went play in Rose Hill. I'm just flicking through here. I'm Rose going to have a crack. Uh, where are we? Where are we? As I roll Rank. over. I thought the Millennium was a really, really interesting race. Arkansas kid, Blanc de Blanc, learning to fly. They're all really good two-year-olds, above average, but they've drawn 18, 19, and 16, respectively. I could play Kundalini from five in that yes. race. I thought she was great to Don Corleone. Uh, first up and Lazago was really good as well so I'll probably try those two in the English Millennium I liked, I thought In Secret was just a, she should go and just bowl that over uh, that race, She's a Belter will run well, uh, Sunshine in Paris will run well but In Secret's different gravy Animo's running against horses he's beaten just about every time he's gone around against them. So he'll go and do the job again there. And a dollar, I think I saw a dollar eighty earlier in the week. He might be a dollar seventy-five, but I think that's a gift. <laughs> uh, the other bet in the race, oh, sorry, in the on the day that I wanted to have was in race nine, Norwegian Bliss. Oh, that Wyong trial. 
that was uh, that was something else. I love that piece of work. I think she can go and win the Triscay. So they're they're my sort of three betting races up there, lads. No worries, Nico. You got any bets in Sydney? Yeah, I'm saying with Shark. I reckon in secret, Animo just bet up, fill up punters to absolute morals. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I I think the that's a nice little running double the Blue Jackets. The only other bet I had was in race four. I think Major Artie is set to peak here. Peaking Fitness now fourth up, gets Nash. I think Nash can be brave. He can go forward and he can lead on this horse at a better tempo. Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott. So we know once they're fit, once they're up and running, they can really bowl along on speed and prove difficult to catch. I think this horse looks incredibly hard to run down. Last start, he had annoying little Niffler from the Chris Waller yard sort of pestering him and he softened him right up. He was still right there till the very end. He only went down by half a length. Um, he had a $2.60 SP there. Prior to that, he was only just nosed out by Banju. We saw Banju win a pretty decent race last week. So the fact he was $2.60 there, we're now getting $3.80 for him. Um, I think he looks a good bet. Second favourite is Frumos. We know she kind of has her convictions. It's half um, a cat. She's, <laughs> wet. <laughs> She's wet track meow only. Yeah, and she gets pikey from a low barrier. Um, we know he's probably going to be negative out of the gates. Bold Mac, um, I think we can turn the tables on Bold Mac, uh, written by James McDonald this week. So, yeah, Major Arty, good bet. Anything yep. else around the country Friday, Friday Philip? Yeah, I, I'm betting at uh, Colac, Colac Cup Day. Um, uh, race number seven, I think it is, or race number yep. six. Seven. Oh, no, you talking uh, about no. acceleration or not? No, race number six, I'm backing too good for Turak. Um, form behind me, so... Um, form, this preparation since being transferred to Matt Laurie um, is different to its old form, and I think it should just go forward on a, a track that is an advantageous to be forward. I think that's a just a pretty good bet there. And acceleration, the other horse, um, the trail between runs was enormous at... Ran second, beaten point two of a length behind Pounding, who's gone on to win a couple of races since um, seven weeks between runs. But the trial was absolutely enormous. Um, uh, yeah, up to two thousand meters. The dangers obviously playoffs with the blinkers back on, but I'm happy to to be against. And um, yeah, those two uh, were two pretty clear bets. I had shorter than what they are currently. And the other horse I sort of liked at Mooney Valley, only really one I liked at Mooney Valley was Stateswoman. The price has gone off. But um, yeah, Blake Shin going in from inside gate up in trip. A Churchill out of National Anthem. Um, yeah, she was beaten by a pretty good one, I thought. Um, Hughes. But um, yeah, I think she's suited and should be winning there. So yeah, that's what I was pretty keen on on Friday. Yep, I'll quick fire through mine. As sharks are ready for bed, I can see he's getting a little tired in the background. It's taking a little longer. Than... I never sleep, mate. I just keep working. <laughs> I haven't slept in ten years. Still got the questions in a quick multi. I think acceleration is just a put in, take out job tomorrow. It'll beat playoffs um, with the four and a half kilo weight swing. More importantly, punters sauna boy resumes his preparation tomorrow. Only <laughs> another fifteen days until the first set of jumps trials. So. Little pep in my step. Everyone's ready for the group ones. Nico's ready for the jumps trials. You do you. Um, you Canterbury race four. Kazoo 
$1.85 boosted. She's a very, very smart filly, this girl. Back 100 metres um, to 1,200 metres from her 1,300-metre debut. Won't matter. She trialled well. Um, she's going to be forward. She gets the ultimate gear change in racing. J-Mac first time. Um, yeah, she's just better than them. And I'm going to take the little double uh, in Tassie. Sole choice in the Dunkel. Um, obviously... The punters will know the opinion I have of sole choice being on her the last two times to beat Dunkel. Probably should have nearly beaten her that day at Flemington if a certain rider had some courage and didn't let it Dunkel through. Um, and then took Dunkel every bit of the Launceston straight last time to run over sole choice. So, um, yeah, she'll she'll definitely win the, the Phillies, Phillies race. And Dunkel, he never wins by big margins, but he's got a big heart, this bloke. Um, and he should just be too good for the opposition he faces. So uh, I think I took a bit of $2.22 on Bet365 earlier for the double, and I thought that was more than fair. And that's, uh, that's, that's it for Friday. Sweet. Uh, the only other shark. race that I wanted to touch on, sorry, the only other race I wanted to quickly mention is Terrapa Race 8, the Group 1 BCD Sprint. Imperatures, La Creek, Levante all clash um, heads. They're three of New Zealand's best horses. Imperages is favourite from La Creek and Levante. Um, look, it's a cracking race. Imperages probably does deserve to be favourite. La Creek's first up. And Levante, we've seen what she's done um, over here in Australia. So, cracking race. I'm not sure if I have a real lean. The market's probably got it right at the moment. It's going to be a cracking race nonetheless. Yeah. Shark, anything else? Uh, yeah, I'll add one more to that Hobart multi. I'll put Dance to Dubai in the Bow Mistress. That should be getting the job done there, I'd have thought. Uh, Moody's taken a Nova. It's drawn a wide gate, but, you know, she's a 90 Raider. It's a glorified benchmark 78, that race. Um, Who's riding it? Heffel. Arlene Heffel. Heffel oh, banger. banger. Yeah, so she's going to ride. I think it should be good enough to, to overcome the gate and win that. My uncle's got a share in Emily in that race. She uh, had a bit of a freak out going to the start last time. She was on track way too long at Hobart. So they've gone down a day earlier for, for Emily. So if you took the $2.10 last time and you were pissed off, I would uh, <laughs> oh, I did. have something at the $15 this time around. But Dance to Dubai for me looks the one there. Super. Yeah, she's a horse, nice, Emily. Just Bye. shout out to, uh, to Liam Smithy. His old man's obviously a part owner of the Inevitable who goes around... Um, on Sunday and looks very hard to beat the $2 looks a very good bet does come up against the uh, up and comer in Tassie of Rebel Factor who I'm a big fan of um, but the even money the inevitable should be nearly the best bet of the weekend I reckon one of the great all-star mile stories that'll be the inevitable with, uh, inevitable with Tasmania getting right behind him alright best bet of the weekend podcast multi give us your best bet Shark are you taking Charmstone uh, of the whole weekend, it's probably Animo, uh, but yeah, Charmstone in Melbourne be Animo slash In Seeker in Sydney. That'll be my goes. Uh, Nico, so, you're probably going to choose the other one anyway. <laughs> Everything the shark said, pretty much those three, real good. I think Kazu will win tomorrow night, followed with Acceleration, um, Inevitable, Keen Sunday. It's pretty scary when you like. Five or six horses deep in the market, but I think um, I think they should all be very, very, very hard to beat. Um, who are you going to pick for your leg of the podcast, Multi Shark? 
It's not scary. You just got to double your bet. <laughs> Shark, you got to choose one. You got to Look, choose one. I'm gonna. I'll go with Animo. I'll, I'll go. I'll put my nuts on the line and go for the best horse in Australia. Eh? Make it hard for you, blokes. <laughs> All right, done. Sounds good. Okay. I'll go Kazu tomorrow night. Sweet. Will. I'll go. I'm thunderstruck. Oof. I like it. And I'll go in secret, race seven, Randwick. Sweet. Can't see that losing. <laughs> right, we've just got two questions. There are a couple more, but we, we need to wrap up. More. We've probably already answered a lot of these questions in the podcast anyway. Um, Animo, will this be his last preparation? What are our thoughts? Yeah, yeah it'll be his last prep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Is he going to Dubai? Is yeah, they'll take him either to Dubai. They might They might sling him over to Ascot. But, um, Ascot for the Queen Anne, they reckon. Yeah, but that'll be him done, and then he'll be back here. He's got enough time if he goes to ask it to come back and let down ahead of uh, ahead of the Southern Hemisphere season. So, yeah, if you love the horse, get up to Sydney and make sure you see him before he signs off. So you reckon he'll be a shuttle stallion shark? He'll... That's what they'll try and do with him, Nico. Yeah, they'll take him up there and try and get a Group 1. Uh, Street Boss, obviously, he's got some international clout. So if they can make him a dual hemisphere unit... And yep. he's fertile. They will be raking in the cash for a while with Animo. They love What's our, it? they love our stallions up there at the moment. Zoo Star's mm. going really well, and Sydney yeah. Excel's done well up there too. Even Brazen Bow's got going all right. Yeah. What would he be worth? A lot right now, worth? as we speak. It's probably hundred. No, nah, he's probably worth forty. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon he'd be worth forty million. Mm. That's a bit. Right, and the, the only other question I'll read out is from Henry Tolton. He says, uh, pretty much saying, what's up with the bookie, uh, sorry, the jockey booking switch from Mark Zara to Jamie Carr for I'm Thunderstruck. He was wondering if Mark Zara jumped off the horse um, and chose Gentleman Roy, but we think that's a stable decision, isn't it? No, I think it's just because they want to get him out the gates quicker. Yeah. Uh, Terry, Terry Henderson's been on radio to say that um, it was just an ownership decision. They wanted him to settle a little bit more closer in the run and they they thought they'd give Jamie the uh, the keys yep. not that Mark Zara is uh, incapable of putting the horse forward so it <laughs> doesn't make much sense but anyway. we'll see you on Saturday we'll see you on Saturday mm. alright let's wrap up there Shark you've been absolutely brilliant we're very thankful for your time we know an hour on a Thursday night when you've got the kids and everything um, isn't easy and you've got to wake up early uh, to give the B set I'm going to call it the B-set for Friday Form Focus on RSN tomorrow. So thank you very much. Just know that I'll be walking in as they're playing the music to uh, off the back of the 9 o'clock news. That's about to go. I'll get there just in the nick of time. There's no be in there early, boys. It's been a pleasure chatting to you all and uh, hope you learned something about your names as well tonight. <laughs> thanks very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, boys. Group on Racing back this week. Hopefully we can have a fill up. Cheers. Cheers. What you say mm, That you only meant well Well, cause you did What mm, you say mm, That it's all for the best Cause it is
Sadi, 